Hey, this is Ari Shapiro, and you're listening to PS Tape Recorder on the internet. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, before he was a stand-up comic, Christian Finnegan's musical knowledge really came in handy. I actually won a car on a game show once, a show called Name That Video. Christian will explain that and more. He'll also tell us if he knows who replaced the lead singer of Kashigugu. Hmm. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. An intense winter storm that pounded the Pacific Northwest with heavy snow and wind Wednesday was just the first in an onslaught of powerful storms forecast to hammer the West well into next week. There are quite a few storms lined up over the Pacific that will be coming on shore over the next several days, Weather Channel meteorologist Frank Gianasca said. We should see significant precipitation and accumulation, reported CNN Chief Meteorologist Dave Hennen, while Fox and Friends Steve Ducci added, Where's Al Gore now? Some lawmakers are rethinking their support of a controversial anti-piracy bill that led to some websites shutting down in protest this past week. The protest was in response to the Stop Online Piracy Act, or SOPA bill, a piece of proposed legislation that is working its way through Congress. President Obama has voiced his concern over SOPA, but does fully support SOAP legislation that requires workers to wash their hands before returning to work. Undergraduates trying to look up Bob Dole's birthday, or the state insect of South Dakota, had to do so Wednesday without the only encyclopedia many of them have ever known. With Wikipedia blacked out for 24 hours in protest of SOPA, students were without the open-source encyclopedia. At dozens of universities, students receive supportive tweets from college libraries. No Wikipedia, no fears, the library is always here with all the answers you will ever need, tweeted the staff of the Temple University Library. And tweeted the staff of the University of Florida Library, it's like a living, breathing Wikipedia, said one student after entering the UF library. I feel like Tron. Speaking before the South Carolina Bar Association this past Saturday, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Anton Scalia has a simple solution for people who don't like all the political advertisements unleashed by the court's decision two years ago that ended limits on corporate contributions in political campaigns. Change the channel or turn off the TV. Scalia also added that if you don't want to drown, stay away from water, and if you don't want your house to burn down, live in an apartment. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development distributed $400 million in emergency aid on Friday to eight states that experienced the biggest natural disasters in 2011. New York received $93 million for flooding from Hurricane Irene. North Dakota was awarded $79 million to recover from severe flooding in that state, and Indiana received $20 million after the Indianapolis Colts' regular season ended. Students at brand new Corner Canyon High School in Utah voted to be known as the Cougars, but the school board decreed that name was too racy. Last year, it seems Webster's Dictionary added a second definition to the word cougar, a woman seeking a romantic relationship with a younger man. The school board instead opted for the runner-up moniker in the naming contest, the Cradle Robbers. The school plays its first athletic contest next fall when the football team takes on the Central High Trojans. And that's been Fake News with me. Well, if you listen to this podcast on even a semi-regular basis, 
you know that I not only enjoy comedy, but I'm a new wave daddy from way back. And uh, for evidence of that, I refer you to episode 10 of PF's Tape Recorder, in which I fanboy over interviewing Paul Humphreys of Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. And in the episode previous to that, I discussed with Jimmy Pardo uh, several aspects of pop music, including the uh, makeup of the band Animotion over its several incarnations. Uh, and of course, I also refer to a bit by comedian Christian Finnegan, uh, in which he describes uh, people that play Trivial Pursuit versus people that play Monopoly. And he finishes the bit by saying this. The people who aren't Trivial Pursuit smart are the people who know a lot about everything, but never really end up doing anything, you know? Like, if you're starting a business, don't even talk to me. But if you need to know who the lead singer of Kajagugu is, I'm your guy. His name is Lamont, by the way. Now, I've related this story before that when my wife and I first watched that, she asked if I knew who the lead singer of Kajagugu was. What a silly question. Of course I knew it was Lamal. And then I added that he was replaced by bass player Nick Beggs. Now, I told that, of course, to Jimmy Pardo. And Jimmy Pardo said that knowing the lead singer of Kajagugu is Lamal is really kind of setting the ball on the tee for yourself. But then he added this. And you know what's interesting is Christian Finnegan actually does know a lot about music, so I feel horrible that I just uh, <laughs> put that on him. He's, well, he's the guy that, he probably does know the bass player's name as well. Well, after several years of wondering, it's time to find out if that is indeed true. Here is our interview with Christian Finnegan. Christian, how are you? Oh, just one moment of bliss after another. That's my life. All right. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, well, okay, uh, I relate the story a lot to people uh, that when I first saw your work, it was on your old Comedy Central Presents special, mm-hmm. which is a couple years back. Yeah, it's probably, but it would have been 2003, even, no, 2004, something. Yeah, yeah somewhere in there. And you what? do a bit about Trivial Pursuit, and I'm watching with my wife, and of course, I'm a new wave daddy from way back. And uh, as one of the jokes is that you uh, actually know who the lead singer of Kajagugu was, and then you told the audience, of course, that it was uh, Lamal. And my wife looks at me and says, did you know that? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And I, then I'm, I'm going to ask you this question that I, that I told her the answer to. Do you know who replaced Lamal and Kajagugu? Oh, my God. That's, that, is, that is a deep cut. Um, I, uh, uh, Trevor Horn. No, I have no, don't feel bad. Then you're not as much as a nerd as me then, because I told her, yeah, it was Nick Beggs. And, and she goes, oh my God, oh my God, you are such a nerd. So, well, that is impressive. I will say I do have certain, uh, music weird creds that I, I actually won a car on a game show once. Really? Yeah. A show called name that video. Oh, was that on MTV? It was on VH1, VH1? for about six weeks back in it would have been 2001 wow um, it was before i i did anything comedy wise okay on vh1 uh i was just a just a regular contestant dude but uh yes i won a, a toyota forerunner which i immediately sold back to toyota and paid off my mastercard oh very good <laughs> hey so what kind of money can you make doing that because my, my father-in-law is the one for always saying that anybody wins a car in a game show immediately says oh they should take it and sell it but you you lose half the the money immediately once you drive off the game show stage or the yeah i i sold it directly right back to toyota like i never even took ownership of the car okay and so uh i don't know i mean it's I, I will say usually the cars you get on game shows it's like you know geo metros and crap like that but you know this is an SUV. It was actually a pretty nice damn car. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I, I let's just say I had a sizable debt erased. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
That's good. Uh, yeah, I just relate that story because to, just to, to illustrate what to, how much of a music nerd that I am, especially about the 80s new wave. And uh, yeah. I get it. You want to swing your trivia dick. I get it. There you right. go. Yeah, that's that's good, right, dude. Yeah. It's it's for for people like us. Trivia is like the only form of sort of manliness. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I don't know you personally, but I find that that people who can't like threaten people physically will threaten them with sort of facts and knowledge. You got it. It's the only thing my wife thinks I know anything about. That's why we go to trivia nights uh, with, with the family and. Uh, and then she actually has uh, some modicum of respect for me, if only for that brief fleeting two-hour window. Dude, do I know what you're talking about? I really, <laughs> and it's so sad now because I mean I, I'm not the first person to make this this observation, but in the age of, of Google, there's so much less. Uh, uh, I'm slow. Let me rephrase this. You know, in the age of Google, there's so much less credibility attributed to people who know trivia because yeah. anybody can have it in 30 seconds. You, you know what I mean? And 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 I, I find when I go to trivia nights, half the time is spent with people just angrily looking at other people to see if they're checking their phones. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I host a trivia night at a local restaurant. And uh, I had a, a dude come in, and he, he ran the table, and, and people were a little suspicious, and people kept writing, oh, this one guy's using his phone. And uh, I know he wasn't because he would have been able to look up the answer really quickly to the uh, question, what city also calls itself the Meadows? And it has a more popular nickname, but it's also called the Meadows. And you could find that very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's Las Vegas, but, and he didn't. He got it wrong. So uh, unless he was just trying to, you know, make it look like he wasn't looking on his phone, you know, I, he threw that one to make sure. Yeah. But I didn't think he was looking on his phone. I think it, it just he knew his stuff. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it it does make me annoyed though. I mean, there was a time in history where knowing who replaced Lamal would have, <laughs> you know, been impressive to more people. Now yes. it's only impressive to the woman who's married to you. Yeah, no, not not even that. She excuse <laughs> me of being a nerd, but then when she wants to go out and win prizes at a, a, a local restaurant or bar, well, then now suddenly that, that knowledge is respected and useful. <laughs> yes. So 2001, you uh, end up on a game show. You were still in college, just out of college? Uh, where were you <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an old man. Oh. Um, I, I graduated in 95, so I was a... Uh, well, you're not older than me, then. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I certainly wasn't right out of college. I, okay. I, I was a struggling temp. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... I had every bad temp job and every I was a terrible bartender and I did so many crappy jobs to make money and, and whatnot. I was I used to do like food demos at like supermarkets. Yeah, I've done those. <laughs> yeah. I I had a friend who is a professional party clown and so she would get me jobs around Christmas time where they would need, you know, extra people and I would go be like a Santa at like corporate Christmas parties. Or one time I had to wear like a, a Woody from Toy Story outfit with like a big head and uh, oh jeez. A couple times I had to go to, to corporate Christmas parties and dress up as an elf and walk around with like a Polaroid and like take photos of like drunken Payne Weber executives. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it was very. Uh, it was nice for uh, the dignity. <laughs> I dressed as a duck once when I worked at a pizza place. But that was just your choice. Yeah, that's true. Admit it. Um, so when did, so six years between uh, uh, getting out of college and doing that, when did you finally decide maybe comedy would be the right? Or had you been trying comedy? Uh, yeah, I had, I, I had been doing comedy since I guess it would have been 97, I guess. But I was just languishing in, uh, in obscurity to the extent that I basically still am now. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I started around 97 and just doing open mics. And actually, I started doing sketch primarily. And uh, after a few years of, of that, I kind of transitioned into just doing stand-up because sketch is just, as much as I love working with friends, there's just so much planning and logistics involved yeah, and, yeah. you know, scheduling rehearsals. And then there's ego that gets involved and feelings get hurt. And I... I Stand up is a much more mercenary kind of form, and so it's like you know, succeed or fail, it's all on you, and you don't yeah. have to kind of divvy up the spoils or divvy up the blame. So this is New York City that you're uh, bouncing around in. Yeah, okay. I went to college in New York and never left. Okay. So I, you know, I never really had any intention of doing stand up. Um, when I decided I wanted to do it, I was already in New York, so that was just kind of home. I, I just happened to be lucky in that sense. Um, where are you from originally? Uh, Boston-ish. Oh, Boston-ish. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I we were on Jimmy Dore's podcast, so some of the stuff I'm, I'm recalling now. <laughs> so, yes. Fine fellow that Jimmy Dore. Yes, yes. Uh, a highly recommended podcast, both of his podcasts, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I always feel weird saying that because it's kind of like going to a, a single-A baseball game and saying, if you ever have a chance to go see these New York Yankees, you're going to want to check them out. <laughs> well, I'm sure he would be flattered and bemused that you referred to his podcast as the New York Yankees. Um, I mean, is there a New York Yankees podcast? I mean, I guess there may be stupid, that yeah. stupid Adam Carolla one, maybe. Yeah, everyone's got one. So it's, yeah, you have one yet? I, you know what? I bought podcasting equipment three years ago and it is collecting dust in my closet. I, I just and I've had this idea that I, I've wanted to do for a long time. I don't have the uh, I don't know if it's work ethic. It's the patience. I don't have a intuitive knowledge of technology. I've had to learn how to do certain things just by virtue yeah. of existing in the world. But I don't. I'm not one of those people that just kind of gets it and is excited to sort of you know code and things like that. And uh, you know I I can learn something like. I can spend an hour or two with GarageBand and basically have a feel for it and then come back to, to a week later and I'll have to start all over again because uh. I don't get it anymore. And so it's just one of those things where I, I need to find a 19-year-old dweeb who just not – even you know, not even a 19-year-old period because they just know this stuff the way I knew you know, how to use a VCR and my dad didn't. You right. know, They understand this stuff on an intuitive level. And so I need to find like a 19-year-old weirdo who will kind of run it for me. That's what a lot of the uh, a lot of the comedians are doing because I, I can't afford that. I am my own nineteen year old weirdo. So, dude, that would be a great name for a memoir. <laughs> would be. I am my own nineteen year old weirdo. Um, so I know a lot of folks might know you from back in the day because uh, I remember about the time you were doing Comedy Central the Presents uh, episode. You also were doing a lot of colleges. Cause I remember seeing you on the website a lot. Uh, didn't you do like a didn't you like host a college tour of comedians or something? I did. That, that would have been 2006, though. Yeah, I mean, um, I would say things started to get rolling for me a little more uh, 2002, 2003, 2004. That's when things kind of, you know, when I started to actually make some money and, uh, you know, or just be able to stop temping and yeah. actually start to go out and do, quote unquote, the road. Um and yeah, I did a college tour of my own when my first CD came out. And then I did a bunch of, uh, I mean, I've done hundreds, of, probably 250, 300 college gigs of my own, just not part of a tour, but just, you know, one-off shows. And then I also did a, a brief tour 
as part of like the best week ever tour, like a few of us from best week ever went out and did a college tour as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I have done a ton of colleges, which starts to feel more and more absurd with every passing year. <laughs> but yeah, so, so folks may recognize you uh, from that as well. Uh, what are the things you're working on? Well, I mean, I, um, I just finished shooting 100 episodes of this TBS show, Are We There Yet? Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's been insane. I, I've been sort of locked in a biodome in Stamford, Connecticut, shooting these episodes for the last year and a half. Um, I mean, I don't live there, but I, yeah. I drive there every day from my apartment. And we uh, they've only aired like 35 or 40 of the episodes, so there's like 60 in the can, and I don't know exactly when they're planning on airing them. Hmm. But um, that's kind of what I've been doing. I mean, it's been a wonderful experience. It's, it's uh, I don't know if, if people will have seen it. it. It's not really a show for our demographic. It's it's for the younger, it's for families, it's for specifically mostly black families. You know, it's, it's a black okay. TV show. Yeah. And so Is it a lot based of on my the movie? friends... I'm sorry. Is it based on the movie with? Uh, it's like an offshoot. It's like a spinoff. Okay. You know? Okay. And and uh, the, the lead in it is Terry Crews, who people would know from you know he was the father and everybody hates Chris. You know. And oh, okay. He, yeah. He, you know the big muscly black right. dude. Okay. Um, and I play basically his friend. I'm the white guy. I'm the, I'm the wacky neighbor essentially okay. on that show. And it's been a lot of fun and it's been a lot of great people, but it's been a little strange because people who were familiar with me from my other stuff wouldn't necessarily have you know watched the show and people who watch the show aren't familiar with other things I've done the only sort of Venn diagram crossover area would probably be Chappelle show um, but so it's been kind of interesting uh, people think that I went crazy and sort of you know went off into a shack in the woods <laughs> but I just been working really hard on this thing um, but that's done now, and so now I am released back into the wild. Okay, yeah. and um, and then I, you know, so in addition, I'm I'm touring a lot this 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 uh, winter and spring, um, Cincinnati being the first of these weeks. Oh, good. Okay. And then I uh, and I also I do stuff on uh, Countdown with Keith Olbermann still every couple weeks. I show up oh, that's on right, yeah, and down his show. Of course, you have to be one of the 42 people in the world who get current to see it. Yeah, I don't have cable anymore. When I did, we did have it. It was buried down in the, uh, it was in the digital channels, but it was not in the HD channels. And you made an excellent point. I had this discussion with my dad and, and quoted you on it, as a matter of fact. We're big, uh, you know, followers of political TV. And, well, you're exactly right. If you're going to do it, you got to do it in HD these days because no one's, no one's going to yeah. watch it unless they really want to yeah. look for it. And that's exactly right. Right. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I felt a little bit strange about that after kind of hearing the podcast or not even hearing it. A friend of mine who, who uh, works at sort of a news website asked if she could like post something on her site, you know, like a like an aggregator, you know, like yeah. I kind of said, you know what, I feel like I might want to pitch something to them at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I shouldn't. Because um, I mean, I really do believe in what they're doing. I just. Think oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know, you got to come full throttle yep unless you're watching it online like i have to do because again not having cable but uh and eventually there's not going to be a difference anyway yeah exactly people i mean everyone's going to catch up i mean every it seems like every week uh someone's going finally going hd and the hd uh, bank seems to be filling up on the on the cable 
Um, so have you been to Cincinnati before? I mean, if you have been, it was probably years before I was interviewing comedians on a regular basis. Here. The only times I've been to Cincinnati, I did a college gig um, as part of that Comedy Central tour at uh, Northern Kentucky. Okay. You yeah. know, which I know is not technically Cincinnati, but, you know, it's not terribly far. It's in, yeah, it's uh, just down the road. Yeah. And then one night, I, uh, when I, one weekend when I was playing the Dayton Funny Bone, I drove to Cincinnati after the show and played poker in the in the enclosed Go Bananas with some other comedians. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, in fact, uh, Jimmy Dore tried to get a game going there uh, last time he was in town. Yeah, that that had been probably four years ago. But yeah. yeah, that is so. I have zero experience with Cincinnati, and I'm hoping you will tell me what are the uh, the things I should do and see. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can shoot you an email. Uh, after no, let's just waste time on your podcast now. Okay, let's just let's, let's chew up some time here. Well, you got the uh, Underground uh, Railroad Museum Center, uh, which uh, I don't. I don't need the. I don't. I mean, that sounds interesting and all, but I don't. I don't necessarily need the like, you know, tourist bureau stuff. I'm just saying, like, okay, well, I, you, you'd what enjoy that because what's the neighborhood to walk around in. A good neighborhood to walk around, Mount Adams. Mount Adams. All yep. right. Is that see? Here's my little thing, and I stopped doing it recently just because I haven't been to a new city in a while. But I collect record store T-shirts. Oh yeah, yeah, I got two of them uh, for you. Uh, Shake It Records. Shake It Records. All You'll right. have to uh, Google that to find out where it is because I've never actually been there. It's on another. It's on the western side of town, which is like another planet for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's Everybody's Records on uh, Montgomery Road in Pleasant Ridge. And those I like would, it. Those would be the two. And the other the other cool uh, store moved to Oxford up there where Miami University is. It was Wizard Records. I think he's gone out of business. He retired. Yeah. So those have been well, that, the, that's the, the reason three. that I collect them is that in 10 years, oh, they're yeah. not going to exist anymore. And also, I don't necessarily, and I'm part of the reason, is like I buy music all the time, but I don't necessarily, I'm not going to necessarily buy a bunch of CDs and then upload them and all that crap, but I yeah. want to give these guys money. But then also I find that if you find a cool record store, that's going to put you in a cool neighborhood, generally speaking. Yeah. So usually I'll just find a record store and park the car and just kind of walk around for a while. There you go. All right. Yeah, those are the two I would recommend. Those are the two big ones in town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So back to, uh, to politics. I was going to say, speaking of the, of the politics, uh, the, the Underground Railroad Museum uh, folks around here are the more uh, AM radio type folks. I like to call it the Museum of White Guilt. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I don't really know anything about history. I think it's more the Museum of White People Patting Themselves on the Back is really what it is. Yeah, it's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, because, but um, yeah, worth a, worth a visit if, if you're in town. Do you do, um, do much political stuff on stage? Because I know you, in Jimmy Dore's uh, podcast, you were, and doing the uh, Keith Olbermann stuff, I know you have the interest. Does that transfer you know, to the stage? I'm trying to do more of it. But in a way that's not – there's two reasons that I don't – that I haven't done it up until this point. One is, you know, probably just being a pussy, you know, <laughs> um, or just – you know, I, I have a push and pull between the sort of ego that is required to want to get up on stage and believe that people should listen to you talk for 45 minutes and this sort of feeling of responsibility that, you know, people have paid money and you, this is not an ego trip necessarily, you know, that this, you are still performing a function and doing a job and that it is not always just about you languishing in your own genius. It's like these people have paid a lot of money. They've gotten babysitters, you know, maybe you should try to entertain them. (laughs) Um, and a lot of times I find political comedy to be awful, just terrible. Like it's corny. It's usually they're just dick jokes with political figures stuck in. Like it's 
people talk about Monica Lewinsky's dress and call that political humor. It's like, no, you're just talking about jizz. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you, you just you just put a, a corny political subtext on it. And it's and and if you are going to talk about politics in any sort of deeper sense, it requires a lot of context. And that is a waste of time on stage. It works on the Daily Show or it works on Keith Olbermann or something like that because you can play a clip and then comment on it. Right. As opposed to, hey, did you guys hear about this filibuster last week? You know, it, it's it doesn't, it's not very agile as a comedy premise. A lot of times, it it, it requires just too much upfront talking, kind of like I'm doing right now. <laughs> but I have definitely aggressively in the last year or so tried to start putting more of it into my act. But what I try to do is I don't really get picky about it in terms of talking about specific people or things. It's just more about social issues, about our place in the world and what yeah. does it mean to be from America and, and things like that. So it's social humor. I don't necessarily know at what point it becomes political humor. Um, but I have definitely tried to do that, and it is difficult. It does make me feel sometimes uncomfortable. You know, I, I do wonder what the shows in Cincinnati will be like because uh, I've never been there before. Um, there are there are certain cities where they might be quote unquote red states or red areas, but for whatever reason the club is in a neighborhood where it attracts a, a younger or hipper breed of person. Yeah, um, like I do a club in Atlanta all the time that I have great crowds. You know, just by virtue of that's those are the people that go to that club. Sometimes you just never know. Sometimes. Um, so that, you know, I, I'm trying to do more of that because at a certain point, yes, I want to entertain you and I'm going to try my best to entertain you with the stuff that I wrote when I wasn't trying to entertain you. Does, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, it does seem, though, like a lot of people, uh, especially with the, uh, not the bore people, but the SOPA legislation everyone heard about, the anti-piracy legislation, yeah. seems like something like that. Uh, I'm looking at some of the Facebook uh, people that I'm sort of uh, friends with that are kind of, you know, on the nuttier side of life. Uh, mm -hmm. But they, everyone tends, seems to be coming out saying, you know, hey, this is, this is something we can all agree on. This is stupid. This is wrong. And, uh, you know, for slightly different reasons. But there are, and I seem to be seeing that more and more. You know, maybe we, we shouldn't be in intractable wars. And you have both liberals and conservatives saying this. And uh, yeah, it's almost like one of those things where if you go, if you and I are standing next to each other and we turn around and walk in opposite directions around the world, eventually we'll come together again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I don't the SOPA thing is interesting just because it's really, you know, upturning the apple cart, you know, because everybody's half the people that are for it are Democrats and Republicans and half the people that are against it are Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. And it's it's odd, you know, seeing, you know, Republicans sort of on the same side as, you know, the Internet hipsters and, you know, to New York's two Democratic senators being on the side of the 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 machine, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, and the, the problem and I don't I'm not going to pretend to know everything about SOPA and PIPA and all that, but it's a legitimate aim which is why that that's what i think is driving people crazy it's like yeah everybody understands that there are these chinese download sites or you know american right. download sites or whatever yeah. um hot file and things that there might be a legitimate need to try to shut down or or to to deal with yeah 
but why are you cramming all this other crap in there? Like, yeah. you know, this is like you're using a mallet to kill an ant and you can't help but be suspicious that you're not using this as an excuse to sort of set up, you, you know what I mean? Exactly, that, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, there's this feeling of kind of, you know, uh, it's like saying, it's like, it's like your wife burning your dinner and you being like, okay, well, I divorce you then. It's like, yeah. well, no, okay, I have the feeling you have other, you had another agenda here. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a weird metaphor, but. Yeah, it, it works though. Well, thanks, pal. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, right. I've been dying to interview you since I saw that bit about the, the Kasha Gugu's like five years ago. So and, uh, it'll be exciting well, to, to see you. I always try to put in some stuff like that into the act, just little things that, you know, necessarily the whole audience isn't going to get. Yeah. But they're not they're not 10 minute chunks. It's like a right. quick line or quick little thing that if you don't get it, it's not going to like make you turn off from the show. Like Dennis it's Miller used to say, you got to play that 10% sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. do. I mean, yeah. because first of all, that's for you, and you really enjoy that. But also, the, that ten percent that gets it, they'll become your fans and yeah. remember you because you, know you really get it. As yeah. I always say, yeah. As opposed to just like, oh yeah, it was Kim's birthday, and the comedian was funny. I don't remember his name, but he was funny. We're gonna try and come see the show on Thursday. My wife's going out of town Friday to Florida. That would be great. Please come up, say hello. Yes, know? definitely. But um, all right, cool, dude. I appreciate it. And, yeah. Uh, see you on Thursday. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, dude. Bye. Thanks again to Christian Finnegan for being on the podcast. Head to pfradio.podbean.com for all of the applicable links from today's show. Christian Finnegan will be at the Funny Bone in Newport, Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati, January 26th through 29th. He'll be at the Orlando Improv February 1st through February 4th. Jimmy Pardo, who we heard from in the intro to Christian Finnegan's interview, will be at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana, on January 27th and 28th. And then on January 29th, his podcast, Never Not Funny, is live at the very same venue. I am at Mugby Sports Cafe on Beachmont Avenue in Cincinnati, Tuesday, January 24th, for PF Trivia Live. PF Tape Recorder was co-written this week by Hannah Wilson. Music composed by John Veropoulos, with a little help from me. Performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor, with a tiny bit of help from me. I'll explain that someday. PF Tape Recorder logo by Dan Cobo. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Like PF Tape Recorder on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. That's all I have. So long, and thanks for listening. Yeah.